Welcome back to Insights from the Sahara. I'm your host, Media J. I'm joined here today by the uh, founder of Fluxbee, um, a mobility startup based in Lagos, Nigeria. Uh, Charles Okala. Charles, how's it going? Yeah, I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Charles. Uh, so I really appreciate you taking the time to join us today. Appreciate that. Uh, so, Charles. Yeah, sure. Man. Yeah. The mobility sector, Africa and African tech is on fire these days, right? Uh, there's yeah, so much to talk like about African tech, its potential, where it's going. Um, as you all well know, I was just recently in Lagos myself, um, April, but not April, but June of this year. So a few weeks ago, right? Amazing city. Um, 20 million people in that city kind of blew my mind you know i didn't realize just how many people were in that city of I'm like, wow really 20 million that's crazy but the more i think about <laughs> yeah. it you know it's like you don't really think like this this place 20 million nah you know like that's a whole country you know yeah very crowded actually <laughs> yeah definitely but, very very crowded and i noticed that you know the streets were packed and i noticed between the uh what do you guys call it Akados, which is like what not necessarily motorbikes how would you yeah Akado to the uh prospective listener who's not familiar with you know african street traffic how is what's an Akado? well uh an Akado is typically a bike it's actually a bike okay you know uh but we call the that's like the popular term we use here in nigeria Mm. you know we call them Okadas. Yeah, so there are more there are more bikes that are used by riders for public transportation to transport individuals from bus stops to bus stops or to directly to their homes. Yeah, yeah. but that's just a typical name, you know, Okada. Mm. That's what we call it. Yeah. Okay. So there isn't anything really special about it. Got it. And so there's, of course, and the reason why we're diving in because this is a conversation about mobility on the continent, and so. Yeah. You know, I just want to make sure we're flushing out all the different aspects, right? So, from when I was there, right, Onokata, that's it's like a motorbike. So, and I think there's different types. Like, you have your traditional motorcycles, and then I think you have uh, those bikes that are a little bit bigger and could fit, like, three people maybe in the back, right? That would also be classified mm-hmm. as Onokata or no? No, no, that that wouldn't. Okay, yeah, that's, it's actually a tricycle. Um, oh, okay. We call that, we call that Keke. K-K. K-E-K-E. Yeah. Got it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, oh, no. I got it. So, so, you know, I was new, so I'm like, what is what? But nevertheless, um, very packed city, but people get to move around and it's a city filled with hustle. So now that we've kind of painted uh a little picture as far as what street traffic looks like a little bit, uh, why don't you introduce us a little bit to yourself, right? So Tell us about Charles. Um, tell us about your background and why you felt as if Fluxby is a good solution to help uh, solve or at least uh, make, I guess, make this, uh, make the uh, Lagos um, ride sharing uh, system a little bit more pleasant. So just kind of deepen, dive in there. Okay, well, um, my name is Okala Charles and i um, I I hail from I'm a Nigerian. Mm-hmm. I was born in Lagos, so I went to Babcock University. Say it's based in Ogun State. You know, I actually studied uh, anatomy. <laughs> mm. So 
yeah very different you know but um as soon as i reached my final year you know i realized i was actually doing it for the wrong reasons for all the wrong reasons you know i was so caught up in trying to please my dad oh trying to please my mom you know yeah that kind of thing you know that <laughs> with african parents yeah. they want you to they feel that um being a doctor being a lawyer and all that that's the you know the highest priority yeah. you get so i was so caught up in that you know so what i finally i realized this wasn't really for me and it hit me when i actually met this old school friend of mine he's a high school friend we parted ways he traveled out school then came back so he actually started a business a startup you know and i admired it like i admired his passion they hadn't launched or anything like that but the way he brought all the teams together and the way we are so fixated on trying to solve a problem mm. i admired it and at that moment it sort of gave birth to this passion so whether it was there before then i didn't i don't know but it just gave birth to that passion yeah you know and he said man that this is actually what i want to do you know i actually want to do something like this so it wasn't even about the money because even he at that time they hadn't even launched or anything like that even the startup eventually failed yeah but it wasn't about the money it was about that passion that i want i want to actually solve something i want people to look back and say okay this is something this is the solution that charles brought and i love it and i'm using it and millions of other people are utilizing it you know yeah. but then when it come when talking about what to actually solve <laughs> i had no idea at all i had no experience nothing no skill nothing so i did the next obvious thing i decided to go learn you know i taught myself a bit of programming a bit of design and started my first two startups they actually failed you know but i didn't look at it as big a failure i learned a lot from it and then so, um i got i got really financial yeah mm-hmm. sorry is this um i didn't want us to kind of hover over that um cuz i'm intrigued so just very briefly summarize what were those two startups that failed um what were they about and tell me uh succinctly what you learned from those failures Well the first was actually a delivery startup. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah it failed because I actually started it alone. I did everything alone so it was doomed to fail and I had no idea what I was doing. The second was a home sharing startup. Mm. So uh I started with a team but at the same time me and the team guys we didn't really share the same vision. They were about money I wasn't. So I left and that was how it ended. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what I learned, you know, I learned how to be a team player. I learned how to be better at what I was doing from those two experiences. So, it made me better. Got it. Okay. All right. So, yeah, thank you for that. It's uh, I always believe it's important to reflect on our failures because what if what is our failures but just feel to make us greater, right? Yeah, exactly. So, exactly. yeah. Sorry for interrupting. I just wanted to make sure we unpack that because it was kind of whisking about like slow down. You know, let's just step outside real quick. So let's hop back in the car and keep going. So please continue. Okay. So uh, I, at some point, I was really tight in cash. You know, I didn't have any money, mm-hmm. so I decided to go find a job. Mm. You know, 
but then the jobs I actually did get, they were so far away from where I was staying. And I always wondered how I was actually going to be able to be going back and forth eight to nine, eight to five every day. I just couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. You know, so I started freelancing for designing and building websites for people. So I had an office just far away from home. And each time I went to the bus stop, I could see hundreds of people actually coming to these bus stops, different bus stops to wait and get into a bus. And the craziest thing was the buses weren't even enough for them. Mm. You know, these people, just to save money, they were willing to go all the way to the bus stop and wait. Mm. And it suddenly hit me that these downfalls, because that's what they call them, the local buses people use for transportation, mm-hmm. they call them downfalls. These downfalls had nothing to offer. These downfalls were in bad conditions. You know, these downfalls were the drivers were not vetted which means this leads to safety issues the cars were not in good conditions in any way so the only reason why people used them was because they were cheap mm. you know so i realized there's actually a gap there and it made me wonder you know you have the taxify and the ride hailing services they are all scrambling for the top 20 percent of the market when there are millions of people you know to put it in the perspective in Lagos, in Lagos alone, we have more than 2 million people commuting the city. Every. Mm-hmm. More than 2 million. And, and if for comparison... And, sorry, you, uh, Charles, I just want to make sure why I'm yeah. packing that because be, like, keep in mind, a lot of my listeners may not have had the chance to uh, visit Lagos or really uh, explore it as I have. So I understand what you mean yeah. by commuting to the city, but do you mind explaining it to the visitors so you have legos the city as a whole which has a population of 20 million so when you mean commuting to the city are you talking about from outlying cities outside of legos or are you talking about internally could you kind of unpack that no no i mean i mean i mean internally like commuting around the city you know especially people who are going to work and coming back every morning and also the unemployed individuals too who are going around the city so basically going within the city okay you know we have a lot more than 2 million people moving around the city every day. Mm, got it. You know, and when you now talk about the supply of buses available to the market, it's just shy of around 300 down for buses. Mm. Oh, wow. Excluding the ones that are not even working. You understand? So yeah. the demand is so low. You get, so we're in a situation whereby you even see people struggling and struggling to actually get into the down for buses. You know, at the end of the day, when you reach your destination, you are very angry and you are pissed off because the traffic is going to be hectic. The weather is hot. If it's raining, it makes it even worse. Mm-hmm. You know, it affects productivity. I agree. You know, even uh, yeah, in the world today, Lagos is one of the... Is, I think Lagos now, currently now, Lagos, Lagos has the highest traffic in the world. Mm-hmm. So that's, that, you see, that's it's one of the things that really affects us Lagosians a lot. You know, and not just in Lagos, in other parts of the cities. So, yeah, this was actually a problem that needed to be fixed. And so, I that's what gave birth to the idea. Okay. You know, Let's... creating a bus ticketing tra- platform that was going to be focused on catering for these people. You know, making them feel better. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, definitely. All right. So, you know, just as a recap, right? So, you gave us an introduction. Yeah. 
you told us a little bit about some of your earlier failures and how they kind of strategically pivoted you into uh, uh, Fluxy and thinking more about mobility in general because, you know, those failures, uh, then after those failures, you went into the workforce and in the workforce, um, having to commute around Lagos, it, it occurred to you, you know, of course, our public transit is um, uh, fairly... Um, what's the word inefficient right and so yes and you're thinking if people have to deal with this day in and day out and it's such a bad experience and that's also affecting productivity and if it's affecting productivity then it's affecting you know you know earnings gdp so it's a larger issue you believe right so it's not yeah. just about transportation yeah very it's, it's you know it's a lot larger than people think you understand because most of our lives are spent actually commuting if you you think about it deeply so then you realize a lot of people are just angry you know if you are for for proof of this you could actually just go to twitter right now and just type in the hashtag downfall and then you see a lot of complaints Mm. being made by people you see a lot of them you know it's so bad that even people get robbed at night in these downfall buses so Charles, how bad it gets. could you, uh, yeah. for those who may not know how to spell it, so listeners, um, if you wanted to um, get a better understanding of a pro- yeah. the problem that Charles and Fluxby is looking to solve and get some real up-to-date, uh, you know, conversations, go to Twitter and hashtag, uh, could you spell that out? What would they need to spell out? Yeah, Downfall, D-A-N-F-O. Okay, so Downfall. Awesome. All right. So, you know, you kind of went through a lot of the intros, all that good stuff. So let's actually get into Flux Speed now, right? It's, um, yeah. And actually, pause. <laughs> Before we actually get into the uh, Flux Speed, one thing I did want to mention, because uh, we kind of uh, hovered over that a bit, is towards the beginning, you talked about how, you know, the other rideshares like Uber, you know, Gokata, Max and for those listeners who aren't familiar with the mobility <laughs> sector in Africa, so you're of course familiar with Uber, right? Who isn't? But so other for yeah. Uber is what we call you know, you know, private usage, whereas you know, someone has their own personal car, you're ordering you know, transportation in the uh, app, correct? Um, and then you have things yeah. like Gokata and Max and G, which is more like uh. Person, once again, it's still one-on-one transportation, but it's a cheaper version just with motorcycles. Correct? But, okay. Yeah. And just want to make sure we're on the same page. But essentially what you're stating is that so these other competitors like Uber, Gokata, Max, NG, etc. Dark business models are for the top 25% of the Legos population. Those who can afford to take that person-to-person transportation day in, day out. Correct? Yeah, okay. correct. So, correct. Mm-hmm. And um, to put it actually in perspective, uh, I will use numbers awesome. to actually explain it better. You know, um, in Nigeria alone, the average ink we have millions of. You know, Nigeria is actually the highest has the highest population of poverty-stricken individuals mm-hmm. in the world. So it means we have more than half of the population earning below a hundred dollars per oh, month. Wow. That is how bad it is, and. Each of these platforms you just mentioned, Gokanda, Uber, Taxify, 
you know an average you spend an average of ten dollars on them every day you know with uber and taxify it's even yeah. a bit more you know but just for um clarity it's somewhere around ten dollars per day so imagine you are making hundred dollars or even less than that in a month how can you afford these services so you see they're actually not even built for most of the nigerians it's just the mm. top for the top exactly. guys those who have cars and they don't want to use their cars or those who are earning so well but they still don't have cars they can use uber and taxify but what about the poor individuals those one who can't afford it they have no other choice than to use the downfalls mm. got it yeah get so those are the people we have for the yeah definitely and i would uh just from my own pr- uh perspective when i was in lagos uh you know i would of course naturally i was only there for a few days so my perf- you know preferred mode was uber but whenever i was going in and out so for those who aren't um just to provide some perspective right so for those who aren't familiar with the landscape of lagos right you have the city proper which is they call the mainland and then you have what they call yeah. the island which is pretty much like the island a business district um as well as more yeah. higher tier residential areas right so to speak i think we would yeah agree. yeah so it's essentially for those um who are familiar with new york it's essentially like comparing um mainland new york city and manhattan i believe correct but, I yeah. mean, you know, of course, things are a little bit more different here, but I think the general gist as far as um, the commuting back and forth, a lot of people in New York City communicate, I say communicate, commute to, uh, you know, Manhattan for work and things like that, as well as when in New York City as well. And then they have different things like subway, things like that. So that's pretty much what you're communicating. Now, so getting back, yeah, the comparison. getting back to uh, Fluxby here. Right. So now that we better understand as far as market segmentation, um, so let's see here. So, how do you, uh, how does Fluxby actually intend on going about acquiring, um, you know, assets or so buses or, you know, what's your business model? What can, if I was a prospective investor, what can I expect you guys to do on day one? Right. Yeah, so um, I think one of the one of the the biggest advantage we have is the model itself. You know, it's actually very simple. We neither own the buses, we neither manage the buses. We don't do any of that. We don't we don't put the drivers on payroll or the ride assistants on payroll, any of that. So what we're we're more like an intermediary. We're simply connecting commuters with more with more reliable mm. buses. Now, when you talk about more reliable buses, our focus is mostly on companies, businesses, bus rental companies, you know, because it's quite hard. It's very rare for you to see individuals who own buses. So we focus on businesses that own buses. So we partner with them. They come into our platform and we connect them to um, commuters. So we make money by getting a per se commission from all the transactions specifically 25 percent. okay all right and so as far as these private companies because you said that the demand outstrips the supply right so yeah as a prospective investor i'm gonna want to know if the demand outstrips the supply then why is a platform needed 
you know, can a can these bus rental companies just simply hang outside and people would fill up their seats? Or where does the value proposition for FlexB come into play? Yeah, very good point. You know, they could actually just go outside and do all that. But then how do you know what's getting in and out of your platform? How do you keep accurate records of the money coming in, the amount of users, you know, all mm-hmm. that. You know, trying to actually keep up to date on all that, keep accurate numbers and all that. You know, you could have a driver and just put him in a bus and tell him to go out there and pick people. But at the end of the day, all you're doing is you're giving the driver the power to do everything. Mm. So, you know, sorry for interrupting. I just wanted to confirm. So pretty much, okay. So, and once again, so just trying to better understand it from a prospective investor's point of view. So pretty much what you're stating is because Africa is still such a largely cash-based uh, society, right? That yes. day in, day out, these businesses are hiring drivers to, of course, operate their vehicles. But, you know, there's no accurate way of actually verifying how much is really going through the doors. So what you're offering is a transparent way of doing business. In addition, possibly even providing data to these companies, maybe as far as where's the best places to have their buses in order to uh, increase revenue. XB is uh, headed. Yes, exactly. You know, we're providing that software. So we're more, we're providing that software in which they can actually communicate with their riders and the riders can communicate with the boss owners okay. you know and there's complete transparency yeah so at the end of the day data isn't lost money isn't lost information isn't necessarily lost mm-hmm. because now it's all happening in a closed system and that is something that is not available in the, in the country at all okay got it when looking at public transportation got it. okay so taking a look at your pitch deck here right um as far as yeah having a better understanding of market validation so um i see that you guys are not just looking at legos but you consider you know the mobility sector of as far as the continent so you know let's say you guys were to secure the funding you needed what does that roadmap look like right what is a one-year roadmap you know Fluxby gets funding today uh, how are operations in Nigeria? How do you guys would go about expanding, or if you have plans of expanding? Yeah, definitely, we do have plans of expanding. You know, but it all starts mm-hmm. from somewhere, and right now that somewhere is Lagos, because for one, it's the most developed city in Nigeria, yeah. it's the most populous city in mm-hmm. Africa to begin with. You know, so it has the highest potential. Yeah. So we'll start with Lagos and we'll expand to various parts of the states mm-hmm. in Nigeria. But you know how we intend to do that is by targeting the people who are more likely to come back and use us all over mm. and all over again. You know, the repeated customers. And these are employees. Mm. Okay. Got it. You get so yeah, the plan is to target these corporate workers mm. or employees, businessmen who are going back and forth around the city. We'll target them bring them onto the platform so they are more about repeated customers and the way i see this working the problem now is isn't really if they're going to use us yeah the biggest challenge i see us i see us facing is how to make them 
become online users you know because for years from the very beginning public transportation has been known as a cash based and offline system correct so we're literally coming in and one we're trying to change that character trying to change that behavior which will be challenging at first yeah but the key advantage here is what we are offering we're offering them a better service better convenience at the same price mm. that they would get with the usual downfalls mm, got it okay that makes sense so pretty much um just to kind of recap what you're saying right so as far as asset acquisition and getting started operationally you guys are focused on the b2b model where you partner with um existing um existing bus companies right um or bus owners which you stated that more than likely it's going to be a company because it's just more cost effective than an individual owning a bus so it's b2b um yeah. now as far as on the consumer and where the where you also where you expect uh, the revenue to originate from of course uh it's your average uh, consumer but from what you're stating is you have a more targeted approach where you actually be reaching out to uh different corporates uh within Legos and seeing about uh having agreements to where uh they could expect um you know a member of your network to be let's say be there in front of the corporate offices at 5 p.m. or what have you in order to pick up their employees and take them uh wherever i'm assuming that's kind of structurally what you guys are looking at right on more of a um, more no, of a, no um no i'll sorry i would like to cut you short on mm-hmm. that um not necessarily that mm-hmm. it's it's more we're not directly going to you know the corporate organizations our focus is more or less on the individuals themselves the employees themselves okay. so the plan yeah is more is more the employees themselves to get them on the platform because they are the ones who use public transportation regularly okay so those are you get em- so sorry let me clarify so pretty much employees as far as on the investment uh verbiage employees are your early adapters then right the day to day okay community exactly. the employees are your early adapters okay understandable so uh with a city with a population of 20 million uh people uh yeah i'm assuming a good deal of those are uh employed on a regular basis um that does look to be a uh consistent uh base you know if uh, it can be done correctly so okay i see where you're going there um let me see here all right Okay. And so now can you uh looking at your pitch deck here. Uh looking at the uh business model slide. Um let's see here. So you talk about partnering we kind of just mentioned this partnering with enterprise bus owners, such providers and taking um whether it's 25 to 30% commission on each transaction. Now um can you kind of explain, you know, the you know one bus, 10 bus, 1000 bus um monthly um you know monthly um revenue model that you guys have okay that well um how it works is like i said we take a commission we use we use buses mm-hmm. that's what we use typical coastal buses yeah So for the federal roads which are actually wider and bigger 
we use the coastal buses then for the local routes which are usually smaller we use um mini buses so okay. yeah so there is um we are charging we charge uh an average of somewhere around a dollar somewhere around a dollar to a dollar fifty cents to riders and we'll take it 25 percent of that which is somewhere around an average of 118 naira which is 60 cents if you could, if you look at it so we expect a single bus to actually take up to 20 riders okay for a trip so what happened was before uh, we actually did a pilot program where we actually went around for about a week and to actually see study the demand and know how okay this is what we can expect when we fully go on board so and with that we're able to sit out we're actually able to transport up to 150 riders for that day okay you get yeah, yeah. so with that for how the metric we actually follow is we follow the amount of trips being taken by a bus for a trip we have to successfully transport 20 people to their destinations so if we transport 20 people to their destinations is a trip if we transport up to 40 people we regard it as two trips because a bus can only take 20 at a time well that's the metric we're actually following to use to study our growth so on an average you estimate in the worst case scenario we would have an average of 100 riders per day we would transport mm-hmm. an average of 100 riders per day which is five trips on an average so that should give us an earning of around a thousand dollar monthly with one bus so if we had up to 10 buses that could go up to ten thousand dollars if we had up to a thousand buses surrounding the whole of lagos that could go up to a million dollars monthly okay got it okay all right understandable here um so let me see here all right and so so what i'm showing here that um on your pitch deck as far as your target market uh currently uh you're looking at uh low to average uh, income earners so between age of 20 to 50 um uh our yeah. our hourly and salary uh, sorry tongue here hourly and salary salary Workers with salaries, because clearly uh, my tongue's not trying to work with me today. Uh, and millennials, yeah. <laughs> and millennials, yeah. right? So there's young people yeah. who are more than likely gonna be the commuters, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, we we see millennials are the ones who actually fuel our growth. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, because uh, they they are the new generations, and trying to get them to actually use try something new wouldn't be as hard as getting the older generations to actually try something new so yeah definitely okay um and let me see here so kind of wrapping things up here um if um so is i know you guys are you know you want to condense uh what it is you're looking for as far as a uh, your funding round, what your ask is. Um, yeah, if you want to kind of formalize that as we're kind of concluding. Okay, so um, we're looking to raise a seed round, a pre-seed round, uh, around $80,000. Okay. 
you know, at a at eight hundred thousand dollar valuation. Okay, so ten percent. Yeah. All right. All right. And currently, right now, are you guys operational? Currently, no. No, okay. we're not. So you no. you did um you did the pre um you did the market research by um doing a, a quick a um pretty much yeah, a, a quick pilot program. pilot program in order to validate yeah. um your thesis and so now you're looking for capital in order to roll out um the operations now so what would the capital be used for well first off uh it'll be used to actually you know uh get create that awareness of the product mm-hmm. because uh no matter how amazing a product is if no one knows about it no one's going to use it you know so that was the thing, yeah, because it's strictly online, just like the Uber and Taxify. You have to download the app and use it before you can access our services. So a lot of it, a lot of it will actually go into um, creating that awareness for the product itself. Yeah, but I think that's something uh, we're already doing right now because um, we've created sort of a wait list, a pre-launch wait list. So we are getting people to actually join our wait list okay. and get discounts for it. So the plan is we'll have to really build this wait list up to September when the product is ready, we'll release the product and these sets of first time use these early users will actually use our services before we now expand further. So a bulk of the money will actually go into that. Yeah, and um in terms of the boss acquisitions, we don't we really don't have a problem in that area because we already have partners in place. Mm-hmm. So currently we have about 180 buses in place. Got it. So, um, yeah. So, and in terms of getting the drivers and the ride assistants who will be in the buses, we already have a partner in place for that who will be providing all that. Okay. So, yeah, a bulk of it will go directly into user acquisition. That's where the money is going. Got it. So, pretty much uh, the app app is currently being uh, developed and perfected. You guys plan on uh, yeah. uh, bringing it to market in September. And so this capital is going to be used to uh, pretty much uh, scale your growth once the time comes. Yeah. Okay. Got it. All right. Uh, well, Charles, um, let me see here. Well, it looks like that's pretty much all for today. Now, did you, um, well, to wrap it up, tell me a little bit about your team. Because uh, most items, of course, aren't, as we talked about, you learn to not just uh, it be yourself. So, uh, investors tend to want to uh, know a little bit or honestly really I guess um, you can summarize it they'll be able to see it on the pitch deck so yeah yeah um, I think our team is I, think I would say that's the most um, amazing part of the entire of uh, that's what actually really gets me excited the most talking about my team because they're actually full of amazing individuals with over 30 plus experience 30 plus years experience Uh there you have me, the CEO and co-founder. So I'm a designer and web developer. Yeah, but primarily I'm more focused on the business side of the platform. Then I have uh, another co-founder, and he's also he's a CEO, COO, and uh, he's an accountant. He has over three years in business operations and project management. And then we have the CTO, who is also a co-founder. Uh, he's a software engineer, mobile software engineer at, at, at Team Apps. He's been there for over two years. He's also a full stack developer. 
then I have another software engineer who is who works who was at Andela. Yeah, he's also a mobile developer. Then um, they are the, actually they are the main co-founders, and then we have a product designer who is a contract employee. So it's she's the only um, girl in the entire team actually. So yeah, uh, she's she she was a product designer at Paystar okay. for over four years. Yeah, and uh, on the final note, we have another software developer who is a contract employee. Okay. So he's also from Andela. He's been there for over three years. So that pretty much makes up the entire team. So right now we are six, six guys, six um, members of the team, four co-founders. Okay, awesome. Uh, that sounds good. All right. Well, Charles, um, thank you again. Once again, that's Charles Okala um, from Flexby. Um, if anyone wants to reach out to you. Uh, I'll provide, of course, a link to um, your pitch deck um, once I upload this, um, you know, episode. But how else can people reach out to you if they wanted more information on Fluxby? Yeah, um, you could email me, charles at fluxby.com. Or you could just go to the website and check it out and see how it is. I'm also on LinkedIn and I'm on Twitter. Um, but preferably, I like I I prefer I prefer emails. Okay. So Charles at Flog. Awesome. All right, thank you. Well, once again, Charles, it's been a pleasure a chat with you. Uh, thank you, and once again, this is insights from your Sahara, and I'm your host, Media J. Bye.